am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fake Ritual, A Fool's Guide to Pop Culture and the Occult, uncovering an esoteric world of myth, magic, and mystery hidden deep within your favorite media. I am your host, Lucas Loppy, and with me today is filmmaker and fellow podcaster, Lance Parkin. What's up, Lance? What's up, dude? I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited for this show Hell yeah. We definitely have not been trying to do this for <laughs> over a month. That's yeah. totally not what happened. Uh, I'm probably really bad at lying on the podcast. I think obviously I am, but, uh, yeah, you are co-host of the podcast Neon Brainiacs, which we featured, uh, one of your other co-hosts, Greg Harrington on the show, a few episodes back was a SpongeBob SquarePants episode. But, uh, again, just tell us about that show. Uh, Neon Brainiacs is a show that I fell ass first into. Cool. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool. Greg and Ben started it almost six years ago now. Uh, every week we just watch some sort of 80s horror movie, though. My inclusion has pushed for thematic months outside of that realm, 90s months, 70s months. Okay, you're responsible for the 90s. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, one time I helped fill in when, when Greg needed a hiatus and then Ben immediately needed a hiatus because his brother died and I filled in then and then they just kept me around. So we just watch we just watch a different horror movie every week. We talk about it. They sort of run through the plot, um, and we just sort of riff on it and have a good time. And you just, I think yours would be out very right around now. You yeah, I think, it. yeah, either it's one of those moments where it's like you're putting it out. I think I'm putting it out same day or yeah. day after or something. But anyways, you know, figures at home, just keep your eyes peeled or, you know, at least go follow Neon Brainiacs, and you'll see it there if you want to hear more of me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you're a filmmaker, so, you know, yeah, you know what, uh, if you want to name drop some films or, you know, just tell us maybe how you got into that or just, you know, what's yeah. going on. I would say filmmaking is probably my main bag. Okay. Um, I identify most as a filmmaker. Uh, I put out a horror movie a few years ago, 70s style exploitation movie called The Boonies. It's available for rental anywhere. Um, it's about a bunch of candles in the woods. You've seen it a hundred times, but these guys wanted a movie that was exploitation. I gave them one. Uh, my other favorite project was a web series called Theo and the Professor that came out in 2007, which is very relevant to your show. It's super, like, fun. They work for a clandestine organization. They're hunting ghosts and monsters. Ooh. A lot of references to weird esoteric shit all through it by design. Okay. Um, but it's like a comedy about a guy who is inducted in this sort of, you know, we'll say it's like men in black for Lovecraft, for Eldritch shit, you know? And uh, his partner is like a loony 200-year-old man. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. That sounds right. Where can you see that? Uh, it's free on Amazon right now, and it's available for rental on Amazon. Hell or it's yeah. free on YouTube, available on Amazon. Got you. Yes, yes. Well, uh, I think we might as well just get into it. Uh, today's topic is... I always do this. I don't need to pretend like you can't see it in the title what the topic <laughs> is. But uh, we are talking Neon Genesis, Evangelion, Evangelion, Evangelion. How do you say it? I, I say Neon Genesis Evangelion, but I don't know if I'm accurate. I know. It's one of those names that just, it sounds cool no matter how you say it. So I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a Japanese mecha anime television series directed by Hideaki Anno and broadcast from October 1995 to March 1996. Uh, and I believe there's multiple other properties. There's some movies. Yeah, there's a, there's a movie that retells the ending, and then there's like a retelling series of movies, which, full disclosure, I have not seen. So I don't know any, like hey. much about this. I understand it, it cuts out a lot of the cooler shit that I like about it, so I haven't been in a hurry to... Well, listeners at home out. know that this show is not where you come for <laughs> every bit of information <laughs> yeah. you want about the thing. This is where you come to just listen to two people, or yeah. sometimes three, Uh Talk about things that they might not know anything about. But 
I, I think it's currently on Netflix, right? If people are interested. Oh, well, I don't know because I was sharing a password and Netflix just <laughs> oh. now enacted their no yeah. password sharing policy. So God damn them. I'm <laughs> refusing to give them my money. So I may have to find other extra legal means to acquire <laughs> such media. Uh, but I just thought it might be cool to begin the show the way the show begins, which is with a badass intro song however <laughs> song yeah however trying to maybe not be a little more cognizant of copyright infringement or getting booted off or whatever i figure i'll just read some of the lyrics here just because i feel like it does give you a general sense of what the show is about and i will get through these uh not all of them but maybe we'll hit we'll get through the chorus here interesting and, yeah so young boy like a cool angel's thesis which is the name of the song Live up to be a legend. Even though clear blue skies beat on the door door of my heart, you just smile, looking straight at me. Too involved in yearning for something to hold on, the innocent eyes still know nothing of fate yet. But someday you will notice, on those shoulders of yours, there are strong wings to guide you to the future. A cruel angel's thesis will someday fly high from the window if memories are betrayed by the overflowing, burning pathos. Parenthetical emotions. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the song or what, but a uh, young boy shine like a legend holding the sky in your arms. And it goes on from there. But yeah, strangely transma- translated English. Always, yeah. yeah. And sometimes they hit upon something that even sounds maybe better than the, than the you know, grammatically correct English. But on the heels of that, yeah, if, you know, Describe for the listener at home, maybe somebody doesn't know what the show is, uh, what it is. It is a weird show, for sure, but it is, um, it is, most people will be like, uh, it is an anime, which yes. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not exactly an otaku, I would say. I think most of my experience with anime is rooted in the 90s, which the yeah. show is in. Um, I don't watch it currently or keep up with a lot of current trends, but it is, Considered a mech anime, but you realize that they're actually organic, but it's an apocalyptic anime. Yes. Uh, with a lot of, um, philosophical overtones, some pretty heavy psychosexual overtones yeah, in it. Yeah, Freudian, young Freudian, a lot of Freudian yeah. stuff. Schopenhauer, um, uh, what the fuck is the other? Kierkegaard, oh, yeah. Freud, um, young, a lot of weird stuff's going on with these mm-hmm. people's heads. And, uh, yeah, the world ends at the end of it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, kind I of, kind of restarts. It does. It's, the ending is very famous, especially from the original series. The last yeah. two episodes are known for kind of like abandoning almost the plot and yeah. kind of focusing in on the headspace of the characters. Which so it's a it's definitely a strange show, and I think I think it gets a weird reputation for being like overtly sexual that's like young leads but i mean that's sort of a big part of anime at the time which he's sort of dissecting with that in the show but i mean sexuality is also they're in puberty so it exactly. makes a lot of sense yeah. i think it there are some parts that are a little like ooh, i don't know what like yeah. if these were live actors like you what know the fuck? Yeah. yeah but i do think it is just trying to like that's where you really yeah. start to be an adult so it's where yeah. that stuff shows up. And and it's, it's most famous, I maybe think, for its also heavy-handed Christian imagery. Yes. And but and uh, Jewish mysticism yeah. mixed in there as oh, well. What is it? Kabbalah? Kabbalah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that's in it, which is some of my favorite part is, the, is sort of the more Jewish shit that's in it, like the really weird angels and all that. Like, Yeah, yeah, they're definitely, it's got this crazy, like, half the time you don't know if it's, like, referencing a real thing or a completely made-up thing, yeah. which, you know, is perfect for a show like mine, which is exactly trying to give you, like, I don't know, is this real or fake? Does it really matter? Uh, but, yeah, uh, when did you personally discover Evangelion, I feel um, like? I did, I definitely, it's definitely formative for me, granted, with the age of the characters. Like, I used to go to the Pittsburgh Comic Con in, like, middle school and high school. We're talking, like, mid-90s to, like, late to mid-2000s, you know. But I would first go in middle school and high school, which for me, uh, you know, I'm old as dirt. So that's, like, 96 to 02. And you have a lot of bootleg um, video booths, right? And I would Oh, yeah. S- and that this show was often in those. And I would, and then, you know, I was also sort of into anime in middle school because of Toonami, like who wasn't, you yes, know, yeah. shit like that. And that cool was, little robot yeah. that was like on the channel. If people don't, younger listeners, I bet you, you could just find it on 
YouTube, yeah. Toonami Robot. Tom, I think was his that name was his name. Yeah, and I, but I would like read about animes on the web, on websites that I couldn't yeah. watch. Yeah. And I'd read about this one and it had a weird reputation. So I saw a bootleg video that was actually the end of Evangelion movie, which okay. is the retelling of the ending. And I bought it and watched it. And had to like read the plot to understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't watch the movie. I did not. The movie, I'm going to. The movie's pretty hardcore. Okay. Uh, a lot of people get upset with it because they feel like it's like a fuck you to fans because oh. people bitched about the original ending. I heard, yeah, the creator, Ano, got like death threats yeah. because of the original And they ending. were spray painting the Gynax building and stuff. And <laughs> but like it's the end like the ending movie has a lot of insane imagery. And my mom growing up was like into in a scholarly sense, like the Book of Revelation. Okay. So I was always fascinated My with mom Apocalypse. Was, we were into it, like in the, oh, this is foretelling <laughs> like the future. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I thought it was like super metal and scary shit growing up. So seeing this like a pocket, because it, it plays out, like the whole yeah. instrumentality thing it ends with, instead of getting the weird version of the show where it's like all in his head and all these like weird artsy stuff it just plays out literally okay with, with some crazy imagery and he's screaming he's like losing his mind oh yeah a lot of screaming yeah and, and, <laughs> and it, it kind of freaked me out in middle school but like in like a fascination way so yes. i made it i made it my thing to see the actual series so as soon as like limar and shit was out there i downloaded the oh, real yeah. series when i was like 18 or 19 and watched it so that's my i actually saw the ending i actually saw like the dark weird ending first Oh, word. and then okay. watched the whole show years later. So, because I had like the rebirth thing, I bought a bootleg of the rebirth, which like cuts the show into a digestible like narrative in oh, two gotcha. hours. Yeah, so I had those, and that was my only real subjective understanding. And then I watched the real thing a few years later. So, but it introduced me to a lot of like stuff I'm still into, like some weird psychology and like weird like like you know esoteric imagery. So like I have a lot, I have a lot to thank for that. You know, yeah, it does seem to be the show that. It's like the mech will get you into it a lot of the time, especially I this seems to be a show that people find in high school yeah, or college, you know, definitely. when you're still a little more primed for like just kind of cool stuff. Yeah. This is cool. But then by the end, you're kind of you're like, what left the fuck? Like, huh. These things are like kind of alive and it's like eating things and it's like kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just I just finished the initial series last night and like I was kind of talking shit through the last two episodes or more just kind of like, oh, geez, like there goes the plot. Like, I guess I don't get to find out what, you know, what was going on there. But then today, I feel like I've not only been thinking about it a lot, but like kind of internalized some of it. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, I do need to like, yeah. You are you, and I need to break out. I'm not defined by how I serve people. I'm defined yeah. by, like, yeah, just and, all and the... I want to be an individual, even if it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. I definitely will be rewatching the show. Cause... Yeah. I would advise watching the other movie, too, because seeing things in a more literal sense is also kind of insane. Yeah. You know? Like, and you're just sort of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that he's still... You kind of get both. Yeah. Like, and I feel that... Yeah, other shows, it's like something like Cowboy Bebop. It's like these, it's rare. Sometimes you just get 26 episodes. Yeah. And that's it. That was maybe one movie. And then like. Pretty common at the time for that. Because it's weird you mentioned that because that's also my favorite anime series that I watched at the exact same time as Eva. And they're very different beasts, you know? (laughs) Although, from what I understand, Eva, or yeah, we'll just call it Eva going forward. I feel like there's way, there's a bunch of different ways you can. Yeah. Say the show, but Neon Genesis Evangelion to say that every time it's a little bit of a mouthful, but it kind of ushered in like a bit more cerebral anime, yeah. from my understanding. Like, Definitely. Because especially it's taking something like Mac, which up until that point had just been Gundam, which was way more like military in space. Yeah. And kind of made it be like, or, or like oh. DBZ, which is just like yelling and yelling special moves. Yeah. Like long winded over plot, over plot heavy and like lore heavy stuff. Yeah. Like, and this kind of like, uh, deconstructed that mech yeah. genre and said like, oh, you know all these typical tropes? Well, we're going to flip it on its head. Oh, definitely then, like, the mech genre. Yeah, they ripped it apart. <laughs> but I'll be damned if it doesn't have some of the coolest looking like mech yeah. and monsters, which definitely. we'll definitely be getting into later in the show.
Well, all right. I mean, we were dancing around it a little bit there, but let's get into the plot a little bit, uh, which I will be using a little bit of Wikipedia to help me through because our anime news network is where I got some of this. Uh, so, yeah, the show is set 15 years after a worldwide cataclysm named The Second Impact. Uh, follows a character named Shinji Ikari, age 14, who is summoned by his father to the city of Neo-Tokyo 3, several years after their separation. Uh, there, he unwillingly accepts the task of becoming the pilot of a giant robot named Ava-1 and protecting the world from the enigmatic invaders known as Angels. Even though he repeatedly questions why he has accepted this mission, uh, yeah, through screams and whimpers. And <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> repeatedly. Let's, let's really stress repeatedly. I must not run away. I must not run away. <laughs> I'm running away. Uh, yeah, and he wonders why he's accepted this mission from his estranged and cold father, who really is a, kind of a piece of shit. Uh, but for whatever, for maybe acceptable reasons. He, in doing so, he helps... Uh, it helps him to gradually accept himself. Like we were talking about the eventual psycho analysis that, you know, ends with a literal and figurative congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many. Uh, however, why exactly the angels atta are attacking and what his father's true intentions are, are yet to be unraveled. And yeah, probably an end of Evangelion. I'm sure they, they get, get definitely a little more, way more into that. Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, and then also other, I wrote here also, other teens are pilots, and too, ends, and they and all get all fucked up. Yeah, and it uh, ends well for no one in the movie. <laughs> it does. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's, the movie's so much more, like, brutal and weird. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, the plot. Like, I guess we can just kind of touch on... Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of the... I mean, maybe what's, like... What, was you, what did you, you know, hang your hat on, so to speak? Or what was it that, like, kind of kept you... Like following along, maybe um, through like the initial watch, through the or initial, later on. The initial watch, I uh, I guess it would be sort of the overarching, from a plot standpoint, overarching nature of what exactly is going on because it becomes pretty evident in the first episode that they're not robots. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, like they're definitely like weird. Like even though they're piling them and they're inside of them, they're one hundred percent. Like they're like biological things with an armor on them. So yes. Like, so like, what are these things? And you know, he sees the one's eye, and it makes him scream. And you're like, what? And it goes like berserk in the first episode. So you're like, what is this thing? You know? And like, or or what they're inside just as bad as what they're fighting. You know? Yeah. Also, just for the listeners at home, soft spoiler alert here. We'll try yeah. to dance around things, but we'll probably say a few things. Although I spoiled the series for myself before I watched it, it did not matter. Yeah. I was still, it actually kind of helped because then I was like, oh, yeah. I know what's, okay. Yeah. I know where we're headed, so I don't have I mean, to be like, rewind. What? I mean, rewind. I guess by what? calling it kind of apocalyptic, I spoiled it a little bit, but honestly, I went into it knowing it and that made it more interesting because I'm like, how is this going to amount to some sort of weird, I don't even know if it's really apocalyptic because it's, it's like what, you know, like, or is it a renewal of Earth? Like, it's weird. Yeah, there is a lot of unanswered questions. And I, and on top of it, something that I kind of, I wish there was more of. Uh, and they start to, because this series also, it's like, it's known for about halfway through, there's a big shift. Yeah. Like, it seems that the creator, Anno, like, started getting into psychology. So, about yeah. halfway through episode 16 well, or so. A lot of it is also that their budget was slashed. Yeah. So, yeah. that takes a huge hit. So, we get a lot more, like... Uh, contemplative scenes like the famous elevator scene where they yeah. just stand in an elevator with elevator very cheap noise. to do yeah yeah <laughs> I was thinking that I was like wow this is costing them no money yeah. this is just a cell maybe like a shift of an arm or something yeah uh, but yeah, I really liked the, there's this political intrigue that they yeah. kind of more reference it's definitely not like the biggest part of the series but because like the meteor that fell actually was like, you know, what they told everyone it was. Was not. Was not what it actually is. Yeah. And I, I do wish, or I'm just like, I, I wish there was more like people on the ground, like seeing what the everyday yeah. Tokyo 3 Life would be family like. is just kind of like, oh yeah, meteors. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like the do buildings they. just recede into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we, can't really talk about the plot without talking about the themes of the show so i feel like i'll also just kind of break those down and then we can really just dig into the muck here uh 
And again, I'm just pulling from Wikipedia because there's a lot going on here. Uh, the show has been described as a deconstruction of the mecha genre, which we talked about. Features archetypal imagery derived from Shinto cosmology as well as Jewish and Christian mythical mystical uh, traditions. Uh, the assistant director, Kazuya Suromaki, stated the religious visual references were intended to make the series more quote, interesting and, quote, exotic for a Japanese audience, denying the existence of a religious meaning for the use of the symbols in the show. And this definitely gets to the heart of something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, to what degree does a creator's intent shape a show's meaning? Yeah. You know? I feel like, because I've heard that a lot too, but I feel like that he's, I think he's slightly being misleading because I think it's true in terms of Christian Christianity that imagery I think is pretty like yes. but for the crosses Kabbal- for the, like the angels. Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah stuff I mean it's pretty like some of it is like directly central to the plot like if you because it's a show that you got to like read about to really get and there's some stuff that is like um, there's some stuff going on with like instrumentality and like putting like souls merging and like where souls come from and mm-hmm. all this weird that is, is straight from like Jewish mysticism. So like they are like, they're being a little misleading in that. I think Jewish mysticism has a significance to the plot and themes, but Christianity, like Christ and all that shit yeah, I feel like does be- not, but they put crosses in it and shit, you know? But it's like, because yeah. Cause even in the intro, I think within seconds they show you the, Kabbalic yeah. the tree of life. Yeah, it's right in the opening credits. Yeah, and then even the angels, If and we're going to get into more of those later, like the specifics of the angels and how they look, but even a lot of them look like, you know, as they call them, biblically accurate, accurate angels. But I feel like also... More geometric and like weird. Yeah, so that, I guess that is kind of the Christian element, but I feel like, too, a lot of those, I think, are also... I believe those aren't even... Those are like non-canonic or something, some of the references yeah. to, like, biblically accurate angels. But also there's references to, like, Lilith, yeah. which is from Jewish mysticism. Definitely, and yeah. I think some of the more Old Testament shit is a little more relevant to the show than the New Testament yeah. shit. I guess that's a good way to put it. Because the name itself translates, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion can be described as, like, the new gospel of Genesis. Okay. So, like... New be- yeah. And so, like, if you... Especially if you see the movie, it becomes, okay. very, becomes very evident that, like... It's sort of like, because at the end of the movie, without spoiling why, it ends with Shinji and Asuka like alone on a beach. Okay. It's almost like an Adam, new Adam and Eve. It's really, oh, it's really weird. Okay. But like, um, so it has this like feeling of like, you know, there's like a, a world with like a lot of chaos, giant beings, and then there's like a cataclysmic event, just like the book of Genesis. So it's, it's really interesting there. But when it comes to like Christ and stuff, I don't think that is like, very uh, relevant to the plot at all. Yeah, I mean, they took the actual, like, the coolest Yeah, the parts. coolest shit. Uh, and even sometimes, I always, I love this kind of stuff because, I mean, that's sort of what the show is about sometimes. It's like, fuck creator's intent. Sometimes, yeah. Like the, what can you pull out of it and stuff? And once the product's out there, it's like, that's, yeah. now you've, you know, the second phase of any creative endeavor is kind of like an audience looking yeah, right. to it. That's why I love pick internet conspiracy You can pick this show apart to death. Absolutely. And I feel like there is, it kind of is a testament to the power of symbols that yeah. even just like by calling things angels you're instead like, of you're... aliens or, yeah. or you know, uh, kaiju or whatever. It's like, oh. You mean like, like what? Yeah. And then like the, there's a reference to like the Lance of Long Yeah, which is the one the, stabbed Christ in the side. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that's thrown into the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really badass moment. But, like, uh, yeah, I know, like, a big reason for a lot of the religious and philosophical stuff is I think the creator, Anno, who was, like, he used to be an animator for Miyazaki Studio oh, in the okay. 80s. And then he went out into his own. But he um, went through – his mother died. And he went through a pretty crippling depression. And he explored philosophy and religion as a result. And this show is sort of, like, the birth child of, like – a person trying to shift through a lot of pain and stuff and looking wherever they can find it, you know, and then he sort of mishmashed it together into this like thing. It becomes pretty obvious. Like I was saying, <laughs> yeah. after about episode 16, you start to be like, whoa, like this guy was bummed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It starts to have this singular vision and you can tell like, oh, this isn't like a writer's room. Yeah. This is one person being yeah. like, and- I'm, I'm, Putting this aspect of myself into this character and this aspect of myself into yeah. this character, which I think he's even said as much. Like Shinji's like him and then like... Yeah, they're all like shades of himself somehow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot, some people might know this guy most from um, in live action. He's the guy that did the newest Japanese Godzilla. Yeah, Shin Godzilla. With, with the, yeah, with the really bizarre larva version. Yeah. Laser beams out of the tail and all that. This is the same guy. That's, it's, it's really obvious when you think about it. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I was taken, that was a pretty cool Godzilla. At least, yeah. Like giving it the different forms. Pretty cool like, concept. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, kind of speaking of some of the characters, I guess we can go through some of those or more like what, I mean, again, like if you want to look up all the characters, by all means do it. We don't necessarily need to sit here and break down every single character. But what were some characters that you felt yourself relating to or even like hating? Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, good and bad. I mean, the ones, of course, like the, I mean, your, your main, your main ones to consider, I guess, are Jinji, who's the main kid, who's, Super afraid all the time is never does anything for himself. And then you got Asuka who is like a super hurt person who's just mean everybody as a result. But also like oddly bubbly. Oddly like, bubbly and like needy. You yeah. Know? And then you have and Ray, German. And, yeah. I don't know and, if they're what yeah. they were doing. And the there. Most, <laughs> most famous is probably for people who might not have seen is probably Ray, the blue haired girl who's basically a living doll. <laughs> yes. So thematically and almost literally. Uh, I forget what she's called in Japan. It's like if you basically if you put Ray on a, the cover of something, it will sell. Like yeah. she's like that. Yeah. She's, Which I'm like watching the show. I don't I see like, it either. No, yeah, I was like, I'm here for Mis- Misato. Yeah, Misato like, is awesome. The what is she kind of like a general that yeah. gets like promoted? She's working major. In this, I think yeah. This nerve organization that is sort of in charge of the Evangelion, and, and she's sort of in charge of Sinji, and also in charge of like the whole program that's going on here. But she's like, you know, drinks to get through her problems, but she's very like headstrong and like uh, and like beautiful but gross. Yeah, which is always a fun yeah. thing to do with the character. She burps. She's kind of like slovenly and like. But also, like, when she, you know, dresses up for work or whatever, it's like, bam, yeah. like, look at these cool cross earrings and, like, you know, this, like, pencil skirt or whatever. Yeah. And every character, of course, has their own, like, hidden pain, usually yeah. to do with a parent. Yeah. <laughs> always and to do sex with a parent. and some kind yeah. of, like, yeah, the show is very horny. But you can't definitely... ever forget Gendo Akari. Shinji's oh, my dad. God. You're right now. Yeah. You have your hands put together. <laughs> yeah. I... Hands in the glasses, the hands over his face. He's the head of nerve and a total just asshole who seems, to, who seems to not even care about his own son or anybody to get his means, you know? Yeah. Seems to only care about. Like, whatever he's up to, which is the main mystery, and his wife who is gone. That seems to be the only two things he cares about. Oh, he kind of, like, again, saw spoiler alert, like, not intentionally killed, but sort yeah. of put in harm's way for... Yeah. and then made you know. a weird version of... a weird doll version of her. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other I mean there's um Kaji who's pretty cool the dude that shows up like he's sort of cool Masada's like love boy yeah he's got um, like a cool kind of colonial looking ponytail and like uh scruffy yeah I think the one perf- I, what is the the like science officer or whatever uh Soko yeah like with the short hair yeah. and the lab coat she at one point talks about like how she doesn't like his sloppy appearance and I was just like <laughs> I was mostly watching the English dub, and I was like, but that's still, like, such a, like, I feel like a very Japanese cultural like, oh, yeah. thing to be, like. Too sloppy. Yeah, yeah. And, I was and, just, and you're like, hey, I feel personally offended. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I haven't, oh, my God, my five o'clock shadow. I'm Lucas sloppy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, show is chock full of characters to really. They all have some sort of pathos going on that is, like, affecting them. You know? Yeah, and I like, did find myself... That's what I like a lot about it. I know? found myself, like, moved to tears a few times. Yeah. Like, the loss of some of the characters and some sort of, like, moments that people have, which I found, like, pretty... Yeah, You, I don't know how much you get that in, like, shows like Gundam or whatever. No, and even not, Dragon Ball Z, it's like... Not at all, yeah. yeah which like, is, I think separates it. And the, the second half of the show is almost more just in pulling that all apart. And the movie even does it even... Worse, maybe to a more detrimental effect, depending yeah. on who you ask. But yeah, hell yeah. So as a guy who I'm really into philosophy and psychology, and maybe the show has something to do with it. I don't know because I watched it so young and it made me look into a lot of this stuff. But or I was already that way, which is why I liked it. I don't know. Chicken or egg? I don't know. But. Yeah, I wonder what Freud would say. About yeah. That. <laughs>
Wait, what is this? This is me. This is the shape that lets others recognize me as myself. It is my symbol for myself. This is, this is, and this is as well. Representations, everything is merely a description, not the real myself. Everything is simply a shape, a form, an identifier to let others recognize me as me. But then, what am I? Is this me? My true self? My fake self? What is it that I am? Who are you? There is little difference between how you interpret yourself and how the others interpret you. Right. Well, that was our best attempt at summarizing the plot and the <laughs> themes of this otherwise very plot-heavy, confusing, thematic. You know, it's like the, it's always sunny that the, you know, <laughs> yeah. Charlie and the lines on the wall, like you could easily yeah, go down that There's a lot going path. on with it, yeah. But I figure we'll focus in a little bit more and get a little more like, you know, kind of maybe stereotypically occulty or what have you and talk about, you know, the angels of the show. Yeah, because that's uh, a weird thing about this show is that the enemies that they fight are called angels. That's another thing that most people know about it because it's, it's a weird thing for them to be, you know, and they all seem to be centered on this like weird, like in the center of Tokyo 3, this nerve, which is the organization that fights them. And they seem to be directly interested in getting to that specifically. For, yes. You know, for, there's, for, there's a reason. There is a reason, yeah. Uh, but their designs are what's makes them stand out the most i think yeah here's a quick another thank you wikipedia wow it's like free information it's like a full encyclopedia uh just a breakdown of what the angels are here uh almost all the angels are antagonists of mankind who repeatedly try to reach the headquarters of the special agency nerve in the city of tokyo i do want to pause here and just find the uh the slogan of nerve uh, the nerve slogan. God is in his heaven and all is right with the world. God is in yeah. heaven and all is right in the world. There's just something like so like. like weirdly like threatening and Threatening wet, and like head scratching. That's yeah, another one. It's that, like I, calm but also like why would this militaristic organization have that as its thing? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that when I was watching yesterday and was like I, I really like that. That's a, yeah. That's like just a cool like tagline, I feel like that yeah. could be on the poster there. There's something about this show. I don't know what it is. I've actually probably seen it in its entirety about five times in my life. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to counter the angels invasion, nerve builds the evangelions mechas that just like the angels have a force field called an AT field, uh, which the, a lot of the plot centers around like breaking yeah. an AT field. Oh my God, it's got an AT yeah, field. The uh, anti-terror field, which in the more rich, mythos of the show is actually the barrier between our souls <laughs> mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, there's like always this like one-to-one -one, like oh yeah, like weird the shit. field this weird really, shit going on yeah, yeah. very sci-fi but also like very philosophical and yeah and says yeah most of the angels originate from an entity called adam but the 18th specimen humanity is descended from lilith the second angel so kind of a spoiler alert there but again I don't feel like it's really super yeah. well, consequential. This, it's like knowing Luke is Darth Vader's yeah. son. This You're like, also okay. so like weird and rich and dense with like stuff that exists sort of outside the show's yes. narrative, but was yeah. in like peripheral like documents they'd released during like premieres. Or, like, okay, yeah, like fake nerve. Yeah, like, like there's just like, so much yeah, shit out there that like when I first showed this to my girlfriend, I almost had to like give her a lot of <laughs> yeah. information we're giving now. Yes. To, and she said, she's like, I'm glad you did that because I might not have understood what the fuck was going on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because also, yeah, a, humans are angels and the, and the Avas are like actually humans. Or yeah. They have a soul and some shit. And this all plays into some sort of ability, uh, some sort of insane thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, and some sort of like, oh, we need to restart the human race and like yeah. evolve in a different way. Like, But then also like just yeah. be yourself and be an individual. <laughs> But I found here, uh, this is from, again, Anime News Network, uh, just a list. It says here, to get to know seven of Evangelion's angels. And I just thought it'd be fun here to just go down some of them. We can describe yeah. what they look like and just kind of see where it gets us. And they're all very different. I think in the end there's like 16, all named after actual angels yeah. within, I guess, what, I don't know who's... The Christian, yeah, they like, a lot writings of and stuff like suffixes like el yeah. or l. Yeah, um, starting here, we have what I believe is the first one we meet, Sachiel. Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, it says here, and I one of I'm the more bipedal, like humanoid-looking ones there are. Yeah, it says uh, 
at some point, uh, wait, yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes like these, the breakdowns here. I'm like, you're getting a little too fresh here. Uh, yeah, it says here, perhaps our most precious angel, Sachiel, is Evangelion's de facto Yuru mascot. Don't know what that means. Oh, that means yeah. At some point, it was decided that Sachiel is just a weak, lovable little baby, and a simplified version of him has appeared on merchandise ever since. That's what it's talking uh, about. In the anime, he's humanoid and the first angel to attack in the story's current timeline, not a yeah. flashback. It also is the first to use what would become an iconic symbol during the show's run, a crucifix-shaped beam. Yeah. And it has a cool breakdown here. Sachiel's name means the covering of God. And appears in early Jewish occult books, circa the 1200s, and again in the Heptameron grimoire in the 16th century, although his origins are even earlier. The Book of Enoch places him with the archangels. That's what I was talking about with the like non-canonical Bible books. Oh, yeah, all that. All the supplemental reading. Yeah, yeah. The cool <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, why'd they cut this out? Uh, there aren't any I stories agree. of Sachiel interacting with humans. Instead, he's listed in occult books in a similar fashion as gods from Greek mythos. They advise evoking or praying to him for help with legal matters and money. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then ever he's just a giant bipedal figure with no feet or hands and a white face with black eyes. Like a, yeah. And then like some a like, white, like a white mask. And like a red ball yeah, in the, in the center. There's always. I mean, what else can be said about Sachiel? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's the opening one. It's like your intro to what's going on, so it's got a more traditional sort of look that a thing can, that a bipedal thing can fight. It is. Know. I feel like that's where I go. You kind of learn all the rules yeah. of this of these creatures. Like, oh wow, like traditional yeah. weapons don't seem to work on it. Yeah, they and can like, regenerate. Like the red thing is like their weakness. Like, but then also that's the one right where uh, first berserk. Yeah, where Shinji in Ava One like. Just kind of fucks up or like gives up or something or gets yeah. gets fucked up and then the Ava's just like goes nuts. Yeah. yeah, which is always kind of a scary. Yeah, the best some, some of the like, best stuff in the show was when his his Eva because they each have a numeric de- designation. There's three of them and his is Eva one and every time it goes it goes berserk is like some of the best shit in the show. Yeah, it'll be like this really yeah. weird like body movements yeah, and, and they, they do scream. Yeah, the yell is like really deep and like. Uh, it's like a really deep tone that they they kind of put a small modulation on. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, like yeah. Almost like it's like struggling to yell. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. And shit. then it just like beats the <laughs> fuck out of this thing. Like even I think some of the people you know back in Nerve, the underground headquarters, are kind of like, what the fuck? Like, like, what, like, when it freaks out later in episode nineteen, the best moment of the show, in my opinion, when it eats and like, oh you god, know, it does yeah. something. It eats something and it's pretty crazy. That's where they're like, Ew, and they're all it's just like, like, what did we make? Like it has this awesome like and I, one thing i have to say about the show i adore its um score the, the yeah. big booming like ward like big orchestra like dum 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 like, yeah I, I really love the score in the show and it's also they do that good thing kind of thematically like yeah. a certain song hits and you're like an angel is yeah. in the we got an angel here and there's, there's like angel music hard, like whenever like things are getting like whenever like ever freaking everyone freaking out and has those like hard strings and you're, yeah. like, and you're like oh shit it's about and then later weird. they're just playing like straight up like i don't know like wagner yeah and like yeah like, one of the characters even is just like Humming it at one point, yeah, like, and then it, you know. I love the score in the show. What do they call that in movies where, like, whether the music is actually in the diegetic, scene, like the diegetic or, music is in the scene. Like, yeah, like they're yeah. listening to a radio, yeah. and it's you're hearing that yeah. versus like I can't remember the other, but diegetic's like when it's in the scene, and then yeah. there's like stuff that's like more the soundtrack. Yeah, so I feel like it kind of does that. You hear one of the characters singing it, yeah, and no, then no. the score comes in, and I was even confused, like, wait, is it? Is it playing in the headquarters right now? Or? But then we have here uh, another, uh, the, the most phallic of the monsters, Shamshell. Uh, again, he says here, yeah, everyone's phallic monster. Despite my best attempts to unearth the truth, I can't qu- explain to you why, uh, yeah, why they designed this character like they did. Uh, two whip arms. They're uh, like light whips that sort of have no real discernible length and... Like they sort of as long as short as it needs to be. But. Yeah, and kind of like it's seen initially, kind of like crawling a lot around on flagellum, like on a bacteria. Yeah. Uh, and it has both flight and attack modes, uh, fighting primarily with its light whip arms. Yeah, these are this Let's, one's definitely like oh, we'll make them weird too. Yeah. Like don't don't it think kinda, it's all it going to be bipedal. Yeah, it has <laughs> like a weird like. I mean, one of them is literally just like 
a 2D like line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that that one says like a, a weird like sort of sea creature feel to it. That yes. one. Yeah. yeah. Like an invertebrate. It like, definitely. Speaking of Shin Godzilla, I feel like it. Yeah. You see kind of this exact from. Good uh, point. When it comes out and it's like. The yeah. First, from the first angel we covered. Yeah. What is Sakiel and then or Sachiel and then Shamshow. I feel like that is what Shin Godzilla kind of covers the. The yeah. breadth of. But yeah, I really like this article because it gives me, you know, so much of the actual background. The choice to call it Shamshell might be connected to these weapons, which are shown to quickly burn its foes because the name means son of God, uh, S-U-N. And he's described uh, in Jewish the Jewish mystical text Zohar as the angel that guarded the Garden of Eden. Uh, Genesis 3.24 describes the angel stationed at the Garden of Eden as wielding a flaming sword. So. Yeah, some of the some of the oldest like like angels are pretty metal. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and they're like not. Yeah, some of those ones like it's getting very. I noticed it's getting very popular in memes to have like oh, biblically accurate yeah. angel stuff. Absolutely, and I've seen a lot of stuff lately. Where, like there's like an image going around. Where it's like a Muppet or something. Yeah, I just posted one that was. It was a tattoo that someone was at least like saying, "Hey, I'll put this on you." It was a Furby, and then <laughs> with like the, the angels yeah. around, and I was like, "Yes, the wings like." And then, yeah, this next one here is also, I feel like, kind of in the same vein, because they start to get even more, uh, like, less humanoid to the point of, like, oh, they're yeah. just shapes and, like you said, lines. This is Ramiel, uh, one of the favorite angel uh, angel designs from the series, uh, or one of, sorry, this author keeps saying my... Quit talking about yourself here, author. Uh, but uh, Ramiel encompasses an idea of sacred geometry and self-reflection, because it's, like, basically a giant cube uh, yeah diamond yeah. cube that's shiny yeah it just has a big drill that comes out of it uh and yeah when it hones in on its target it can annihilate it with precision and tunnel after it yeah it's like trying to tunnel down into nerve uh it says here is described in the book of enoch as uh or yeah it's described in the book of enoch which it's saying here is an apocryphal text allegedly written by the great-grandfather of noah uh the book fleshes out the mythology of fallen angels angels that were Corrupted in their association with humans and their giant offspring, the Nephilim. These were the events said to lead up to the flood that Noah built the boat for. Ramiel is described as one of the leaders of these fallen angels. In the apocalypse of Baruch, he's credited with ruling over, quote, true visions. And I believe, is Book of Enoch, I think it's one of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Oh, yeah, they're also referencing those a lot in the show. Which in the show is a a plot relevant thing. Like most of the stuff that's occurring in the show's narrative has been foretold in the Dead Sea Scrolls. But I think the actual Book of Enoch, I think, was one of the actual Dead Sea Scrolls, I think. Yeah, I love. They kind of are always just throwing that around, like to give it this yeah. like sense of gravitas. But yeah. they're never really like digging into exactly what yeah. they've said. But yeah, I do like that. I didn't realize like true visions. I'm like, yeah, he does like the reflected nature of him, sort of. Like, yeah, plays into that. Cool. And here's yeah, where that like, did they intend to do that? Did they not? Who knows? Uh, then we have here Israfel. Uh, Is that the one that's like two and one kind of? Yeah, and it has here an Edgar Allan Poe uh, poem. And they say, the starry choir and the other listening things, that Israfeli's fire is owing to that lyre, Lear, Lear? (laughs) by which he sits and sings, the trembling living wire of those unusual strings. Uh, Israfel is one of the few angels where its origin seems to have played a larger part in the episode themes as a whole. Israfel, as demonstrated in the poem, is associated with music. Some stories think of him like a muse that musicians would pray to for inspiration. The 14th century Arabic text, The Wonders of Creation, shows Israfel playing a trumpet. And the text states that he's the angel that will blow the trumpet to initiate the death of all living things on earth. While waiting God's orders to end all life, Israfel cries at the sight of hell and is said to have tutored Muhammad. In the episode, Israfel splits in half, prompting Asuka and Shinji to have the syn- <laughs> to have to synchronize together to defeat both at the same time. That one's great. They uh, to beat them to that. Is that Wagner in that part? I can't remember. Something, yeah, because yeah. it says here they make a little joke. How do they do it? Jazzercise, which they kind of do. <laughs> yeah, like I think don't they? Do they do that as like out of their suits? Yeah, they're like they're learning to synchronize. Dance together. They do it in the in the in the. Episodes. And these, I think, are all from yeah those kind of the beginning of the show. Like when it was a little, there wasn't all these like, yeah, they would like, have time to dance because they weren't exploring like why they wanted to have sex yeah. with their moms or their It's a little dads. more straightforward before the angels turned into things like computer viruses. Yes. Yeah. Or <laughs> just like 
a big shadow, like because one, it's like the shadow of an orb. Like there's yes. a big orb, but that's not actually the angel. That's a shadow. Yeah, yeah. And then another one's just like eyes in the sky that just keep getting like yeah. some drops like, down, like a big satellite. Yeah, that one looks that one looks almost straight out of I think a, a Genesis description. I think, but uh, and then we have here uh, Sandal Sandalfon. Uh, this is that that little one that they find in the uh, volcano. Uh, yeah, he's. A creepy baby in Evangelion before transforming into a prehistoric fish. Cries like a human child. Uh, the story goes that Sandalfon was originally the human prophet Elijah, but he took on his new angelic form after ascending to heaven. Uh, is associated with the unborn and children. Jewish tradition saves a special seat for Elijah to oversee circumcision ceremonies. This is a sort of a punishment bestowed on Elijah, though. Interesting. That was a baby in the show. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, as Sandalfin, he's said to be able to reach any part of the earth, even volcanoes, according to Evangelion. Wow. Yeah, that one seems to be like they did their research. Yeah. I saw... Oh, I see Karu's next. That one might be the one to uh, skip. That's what I'm saying. And we got a little reasons. bit of a spoiler one here, so we're <laughs> going to skip that. So we're only going to give you yeah, six here. And then this last one is a little bit more of a spoiler, but we got to cover it because it's yeah, Lilith. It's insane. Yeah, describe what Lilith looks uh, like. Lilith is oh, oh, like the, the many eyes on the face is straight out of Judaism, I think, the Kabbalah. But it's a big white figure with purple mask that has like seven eyes on it and it's nailed to a giant red cross but it doesn't have a lower half except for it's actually composed of like tiny tiny little human legs all bursting out of it and there's an orange goo that drips out of it which is the goo that the pilots are oh my god it is yeah it's the the lcl fluid which is supposed to be in the show the same fluid that's in an embryo like in a in the womb Mm. so they're like in like womb fluid oh yeah they're yeah but that's where they get it from is Lilith. Like, it's draining out of her. Yeah, for the listener at home, the, the pilots are put inside, like, a plug, like, this just long tube. Which is put in then, the spine of their things. Yeah, the of the Ava. And then it fills with fluid that you can, like, breathe in, but is actually, yeah, like, it's the, supposed to birth. Be, yeah. It's supposed to be the exact, like, composition of birth fluid. Yes. Uh, it tastes like blood. It tastes like blood. Uh, yeah, it says here, mankind is so cruel to its originator, but Lilith is a controversial figure in mythology. She's come to represent a variety of things, whether it be demons or feminism. The story always starts the same. Lilith is the first partner created for Adam, but unlike Eve, she's made from the same dirt as her would-be husband. She rebukes him and thus is cast out. Uh, and that's, it's from, like, that's from, like, Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which is just such a funny, like, hmm, I, I wonder, did men write <laughs> yeah. this? Because that okay. sounds like... came up a, with that? Yeah, like, yeah, huh. <laughs> The Mesopotamians had a whole class of demons named after Lilith, and legends told of her promiscuity and baby napping. Some Jewish folklore says that after she denies Adam, she strikes up a romance with the angel Samael, Archangel of Death. Her name is popularly used for vampires or generally seductive characters. Yeah, or uh, Fraser Crane's wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lilith's place as a demon in mythology can be extrapolated out as a larger metaphor within Evangelion. If humankind is her progeny, what does it say about humans or angels or monsters? Personally, I see her as a pitiable character given her state in the series. Yeah, she's like just trapped, yeah. left, uh, and how her body and blood are used. Uh, wow, it's reminiscent of Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree poem. <laughs> it kind of is. Just creepy yeah. <laughs> like it is yeah and in the show we're all descendants of her yeah they were originally two angels adam and lilith so you can see where that comes from but yeah they were sent and that's the kind of thing the show never tells you they're sent from space like they come from space which is uh, one thing i love about the show there's a whole another layer of like weird like ancient aliens yeah, ancient yeah. alien shit that, absolutely like, that like the show barely touches on but it's like canon so if you look into it you're like whoa this is, this is what's going on yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, yeah, speaking of that, I mean, it might as well, it bears the question, uh, well, I probably, yeah, do you believe in aliens? What do you, what do you think of that, you know, sort of ancient alien 
Uh, uh, I mean, ancient alien part, I don't know, but I 100% believe in aliens. And you believe they've made contact with? Uh, you know, I'm, I lean towards yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> just, it's just too, like, uh, I think especially in the recent sort of, the recent... Um, Disclosure, yeah, disclosure stuff, and the Tic Tac UFO things, and the fact that they just sort of readily admitted that we we were like there's there's craft that we don't know what they are, but it could be that could be like a you know psyop. Yeah, it could be. That's that's true. It could be, but I, I'm really into like like I listen like a, I'm a pretty regular listener of like esoteric content. Yeah, and like just some of there's just so many um, there's so many things out there that people have that correlate each other. Yeah, that wouldn't know each other. That makes me be like, this is weird. I mean, do I? Do I, it's going to get really weird about it. Do I think they come from space or different dimensions? Yeah, that's, that's really where, the question. That's what's going to be my next question. Because yeah. <laughs> there's like, yeah, they call it the nuts yeah. and bolts idea of them being like actual yeah. crafts. With I don't know if I'm a nuts and bolts. Because even that breaks down into like, wait, are they the things, are they flying ships or are they the yeah. ships? Or are they us from the future, all this weird us shit? Us from the future but or, like, yeah, interdimensional I don't, crossover. the real question is I don't know if I'm a nuts and bolts guy. Yeah. Like, I think there's something I don't think going so either. on, but I don't know if that's what it is. I am of that mindset of the like, oh, there, I think there is a term for it, but where kind of all paranormal activity is like kind of ascribed to the yeah. same area of like probably if – you know, things we're seeing things, they might be coming from a dimension we really can't fathom. Yeah. So, like, we, we sort of color them with, with our, our cult. current cultural understanding. Yeah, I might be leaning towards Cause that. Because I do think there's no way that everything we've seen, like, we have five senses. Yeah. Like, how could you honestly think, like, reality's kind of an illusion anyway. You exactly. Know I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, I mean, even the show kind of speaks to that, especially yeah. in those last few episodes of kind of like, what is reality? Like, what am what I actually is... perceiving? So, yeah. like, you know, and it's just stuff like, I mean, we're getting on a bit of a tangent, but like, just like how a lot of the face stories line up with like UFO abduction stories, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, they didn't have like the alien shit. Exactly. So they have fairy stuff, and it's like sort of the same shit's happening, but under a different guise. So, like, it gives credence to like, maybe we just color it with our like cultural understanding. Yeah. You know? I at least like to think about it, but as somebody that was raised like super Christian, you know, with this kind of certainty, like I refuse to ever really come down yeah. like one way or the other. Too, I'm not going to yeah. die on any hill. And I have I'm not a way I say, lean, but I don't have a thing, I think. Well, I'm just not going to be a boring like, there's no evidence, so yeah. I will just not even consider well, me it. Too. Like those yeah. the where sometimes like atheism can just sound like a different religion where you're kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, geez, you're really kind of like, not yeah. fun. I'm not. A, I will say I'm not a materialist, but I don't know what I. I mean, I'm just open to hearing everything out. That's yeah, kind of where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think uh, Shinji. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. so does, congratulations. As if people have seen the end of the episode, congratulations, congratulations. I hated it when Gendo said it. I was like, yeah, fuck you're you. lying, you're lying. <laughs> um, the movie has a much different ending that you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah I'm going to check that out probably this week. Uh, but so, thank you, Lance, for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, dude. I've been looking forward to doing this show. I, I really like what you're doing with the whole like intersection of pop culture and a call. It's really cool. I mean, and I had a tough time picking the subject. I really did. And I just picked this one because it's something I don't like. Not a lot of people I know have seen it and can relate the way I relate to it. And I yeah. Feel like your content and the way you look at things, I, I felt you kind of would. So I was like, this is my chance to like, talk yeah. about this thing that I have to compartmentalize in my like heart and mind. You know? Yeah, a little behind the scenes for the listeners. I have a list of topics that just as they come to me, like I add them to the list and then I give yeah. it to any potential guest to pick from. And that's where you were kind of like, oh, shit, there's that a lot was, of good stuff That here. was tricky. Yeah. But I'm glad you picked this one because I put it on there kind of like to dangle and like someone will grab this one that's like about it because it's not really a show that you're like, oh, yeah. Did anyone do the Hereditary one yet? We had touched on Hereditary. Me and Maggie Lynn Negretti did on our Matriarch Madness mini-sode where we just had like we pitted a few horror movie moms against each other. But you didn't do like a full one. I didn't think you did. No. No, we probably could do a whole is it Ari Aster. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we could probably just do a whole Ari Aster episode because <laughs> You had a lot of good stuff on that list. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, man, this sucks. Well yeah. Uh also <laughs> listen at home, feel free to like send in or you know, hit me up on the social media or whatever just to tell me what topics to add to that list. But before I get to my spiel, uh yeah, how can the fakers follow you and anything um, to check out? Uh yeah. Um you can follow me. I, I 
pretty much, I, I'm not the most social media active these days, but uh, yeah, you, can always, you can always reach and follow me at, at Lance Parkin, L-A-N-C-E-P-A-R-K-I-N. Um, also, Locust Street Entertainment on, or Locust Street, sorry, scratch that, we changed the name. Locust Street Media on on YouTube. LocustStreetMedia.com, just for is our YouTube page. You can see anything we've ever made, including the Professor. Um, and, of course, I'm on Neon Brainiacs. Uh, you know, I think you can follow at Neon Brainiacs on Instagram and find it on any podcast app. Hell yeah. And definitely go back and check out uh, Greg Harrington's episode where we talked about SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, similarly an animated show, but very different than Neon Genesis. Although I'm sure there's probably some, <laughs> some overlap there. Uh, Though I will say some of the best shit out there is when people do – like I saw like a King of the Hill – Though they did the opening of Evangelion with King of Hell oh, characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please check out the, the what is, what's the name of the song? The A Cruel Angel's Thesis. I read yeah. the lyrics up top, but it is a fucking banger. It's one of those, like, you know, Netflix tells you, do you want to skip the intro? And you're, you're like, like no. I don't. I don't. Uh, but yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual. Uh, I'm trying to be a little more active on there, but, you know, just bear with me. Uh, and then, you know, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, and you can also email us at fake.ritual.inc at gmail.com. And I say that because I recently received an email from a high school friend of mine. Uh, and I wanted to read it here on the show uh, just as a thank you to this listener and to my old friend. And also just as, you know, to give some incentive for people to write yeah. it in. Because then, you know, I'll read stuff on the show if it's worth reading and that could you know for better or worse if you're really mean i'll probably read it on the show because you know that's like <laughs> good content uh but yeah this is from uh my friend nate uh that i went to high school with it says here hi lucas not sure if you remember me but i had recently moved back to pennsylvania and the thought came into my mind i wonder what lucas sloppy is up to i really like that guy which thank you uh, I googled your name and found your podcast. Been listening to some of the episodes so far. Only Studio Ghibli, uh, which was our Miyazaki episode, I did with uh, Indigo, Beloch, uh, and a few video game related ones. But we'll be making my way through them anyway. Just wanted to send you a quick email and let you know how fun it's been to listen to these. I usually think I know all about anything gaming related, but a lot of the finer details and backgrounds I had never heard before. The Dante's Inferno fake mask game had me cracking up, which was on our Video Games from Hell episode with Caleb Pass. Uh, also, good recommendation here, and this is what the listeners at home, please do this. He said, here's a small hellish thing I found recently that might make you laugh if you hadn't heard of it before. Uh, and yet, feel free to chime in here, Lance, if you've heard of this. Stumbled across a movie from 1986 called Crossroads, where Ralph Macchio is a blues guitar player who travels down south and eventually has a guitar duel with the devil. <laughs> Steve Vai is the devil's representative who battles against Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I've never even heard he of He said, it. never watched the whole movie, but seeing the pinnacle guitar clip and hearing the outline of the movie was so amusing to me. Clip is below. If you don't trust the link, you can easily YouTube search it, which I trusted that link, Nate. Yeah. Okay, like who else is going to pretend to be my high school friend to get me to click? <laughs> I was like, this is a very elaborate trick, <laughs> you know, and I would just scheme. appreciate the scheme. Uh, he says here, looking forward to listening to more of your episodes, Nate. And I just want to, you know, thank you, Nate, for reaching out. It did mean a lot because sometimes I feel yeah. like I'm yelling into the void and i'm like Who the yeah, it's fuck good to, to people this? it takes effort to make this stuff so it's good and people like you hear back from people about it you know yeah definitely meant a lot and uh yeah listen at home feel free to email and message me on instagram and just uh you know shower me with praise uh much <laughs> like shinji ikari in neon genesis evangelion i do seek the approval of Generally, humanity, anyone, like, humanity, yeah, yeah like I, I want to be shindy. useful. Yeah, okay? my instrumentality. Yeah. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the show. So, yeah, I never, heard of, I never heard of that crossroads. To be, which, because I mean, oh, full, yeah. full disclosure, part of the dynamic of the Umbrainaxe is Greg and Ben are the '80s guys. Hey, they're the '80s guys, and I actually only I'm kind of into the 80s so I'm just kind of okay. there for the ride and I'm making jokes and I'm just I'm a 70s well, 90s guy I might have to just have you guys on then maybe to <laughs> cover Crossroads because I'm not sure it is a uh, horror movie uh, it's, it might be like comedy think, or something yeah it's one of those the 80s had so much weird yeah. like this has supernatural themes but like I would guarantee hey. <laughs> guarantee Greg <laughs> would be, be like yeah I know exactly I mean Steve Vai being the devil's yeah. representative like 
I could dig it. But yeah, well, end of the show here. And as always, you know, we like to send the listeners off with a joint go fake yourself. So will you join me in wishing them that go fake yourself. imperative? Yeah. So we'll just count down here. Three, two, one. Go fake yourself. Wait, I forgot how you do it. I've heard, the show, I've heard three episodes. Of, what's the cadence of it? Go uh, just, fake yeah, yourself. Follow my lead or yeah. Yeah. It's, we'll probably just keep this in, but maybe not. That's fine. Three, two, one. Go, go fake, fake yourself. yourself. Ha, ha, ha.